Game Off Podcast number 37. I'm your host, Andrew, a.k.a. Solid Talker, here with... Brent, a.k.a. Arcadia. Today we're going to be talking about Carrion. We're going to be talking about Microsoft Flight Simulator. We're going to be talking about that game that won our game of the year last year, but actually at the beginning of this year because we were running behind on episodes. And then that news that came out for that game that won last year, but actually at the beginning of this year because we were running behind on episodes. Also going to do our fireside chat. It's going to be a great old time. How you doing, Brent? Uh, I'm good. Uh, that was a good way to, to not, not spoiler tag it yet. But yeah, it's worth mentioning that if you're curious about what our game of the year was for last year, um, yeah, spoiler alert, we're going to be talking about it. We are. So let's remember not to put that in the description of this episode. <laughs> Indeed. Surprises all <laughs> around. I mean, that's just two plays for us, right? You got to restart the episode after you go listen yeah. to the other episode. I think, I think this is what they call the long con. Oh yeah. This is, this is how you work the, the game, <laughs> we the are. podcast game. We are like a game when... podcast about gaming gamers. Exactly. This is game theory on our gaming podcast about gaming gamers. <laughs> you can't you can't beat it. It's levels. It's it's an onion. It's layers. It's all all of that. All of that and more. I I, I appreciate everything we're doing for the community of gamers, <laughs> and you should too, everyone else. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess we should talk about this news. Uh, what, what have you heard about this game? Spoiler alert. Uh, yeah, spoiler alert, uh, our game of the year last year was Control, which was a good game, uh, as you would have heard in our game of the year discussion earlier this year. <laughs> and there is this whole thing with the Xbox and, and something about upscaled, higher graphics versions and controls like, ah, 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 ah. That's, that's the gist that I got. <laughs> yeah. This remedy was just, ah, ah, ah. ah but don't, don't worry about it. There's There's only one version that they need to support, and it's different from the other versions because they added ultimate edition at the end of it but otherwise which, which they only just now started selling right yes yeah it's it's coming out before they've even released their final dlc i believe or maybe on day and date with their final dlc right okay so at least then it does technically qualify for the term ultimate because mm-hmm. you get because there's nothing two, worse two than a game DLCs. that has an ultimate edition that doesn't actually include all the dlc that came with that yeah <laughs> I, I feel like you're thinking of an example you know what i i'm gonna let the listeners fill in because everyone knows one everyone can think of a game that had a an ultimate edition or a like a season pass that didn't actually include all of the things that were part of that so just yeah. take a second and, and think of your favorite game that ripped you off and lied to you <laughs> speaking of getting ripped off as someone who has purchased control at full price and then also the uh season pass at full price and now for the actual news part um oh yes uh (laughs) this this tickles me all wrong but i guess we'll we'll go over that now so control is releasing their ultimate edition in line with their new dlc um it's got all the old content like we mentioned and it is the only version of that game that's going to be forward compatible for xbox that's called smart delivery i don't think game uh, PS4 or PlayStation has a term for it yet, um, but they've confirmed that the Ultimate Edition and only the Ultimate Edition, for some fucking reason, will be playable on next-gen consoles and up- upscaled and supported. Despite there being no changes to their engine or any any technical reason for it, and we'll get to that in a minute too, they have decided <laughs> to just say, hey, all you people that really enjoyed Control, why, why don't you buy it again? Because you don't want to have to buy it again in the future, right? You'll buy it again now, and then you can play it in the future. And this is, if, I'm, if I've am if i read everything correctly, there is no way to just buy the upgrade, right? You have to buy the Ultimate Edition. No, yeah, there there's no upgrade DLC thing like they used to do with like online passes and stuff like that. It's a completely different version, uh, as far as I know, a totally different skew. So on Xbox, it'll show up as a totally different version, um, not as like um, as like it, it'll it'll normally say like, oh, this this item is bundled in this steam does that, too. Like you can buy this right. bundle with that game that presumably is not the case. There will be completely different skews and completely different uh, compartments of each uh, store storefront. Good, good, good. That's that's a very uh, pro customer move. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so so everyone's mad about it, uh, reasonably. I'm mad about it. I mm-hmm. love this game. I love this game. 
It's our game of the year. We try not to hold it against the developers who made the great game. Probably didn't have much of a say in it, um, but 505 Games, the publishers, did have something to say about it after all the outrage. Now, 505 Games, that's the one that ruined Payday 2, right? Yeah, yeah. That took a game that whose developers had emphatically stated there would never be any microtransactions or loot boxes, and then forced them to add microtransactions and loot boxes and go publicly defending that? <laughs> the one and the same, Andy, yep. Okay, I just want to make sure I was remembering the same 505 Games that had a history of abusive and anti-consumer tactics in their game <laughs> publishing. Yeah, well, uh, the history is present still. <laughs> Oh, no. Um, uh, so here, here's their, their long-winded statement. I'll try and breeze through this. We spent several months exploring all of our launch options for Control Ultimate Edition, and no decision was taken lightly. While it is challenging bringing any game to next-gen consoles, we, or next-gen platforms, we quickly realized it was even more difficult to upgrade our current user base to next-gen with full parity across platforms with our year-old game year old being the opportune phrase here <laughs> every avenue we pursued there was some form of blocker and those blockers meant that at least one group of players ended up being left out of one upgrade for various reasons as of today we can't offer an upgrade to everyone and leaving any one group out seems unfair we understand this is not what you wanted to hear so instead of leaving out one group they left out all of the current users all of them i'm i'm trying to understand who they're leaving out other than their shareholders. I, if they just say, hey, if you bought Control, it's got smart delivery. Like, who's getting left off from that sentence? That, and that's what I mean, too. It's not unprecedented to just send these people, like, a code to redeem. Like, hey, mm -hmm. we know we can't upgrade that version of the game, but you know what? You bought this game already. You own this game. It's the exact same version with no upgrades whatsoever. Here's a code so that you can play it in the future. Why would that not be possible? Have they have they given any indication as to what? Because they make a lot of like inferences towards things that wouldn't be possible. Like, oh, we couldn't possibly do this. Yeah. But they didn't that I've ever seen explain w what groups were getting left out or <laughs> why something wasn't possible. That, they just said it wasn't. Yeah, it's just, it's such a roundabout way of saying, oh, some users here would have problems with some things and some, like, not a single word in this statement, like, gives me as a gamer any, like, any relief, like, oh, I understand, like, it's, they're just a business, they're game developers, I appreciate them, it's like, I just feel like I'm getting, like, fucked from both sides of the same dildo here, like, what the fuck? <laughs> Basically just, won't you please leave us alone and also no to the thing you asked for. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> it feels like we're like five years old and our dad... Actually, no, it feels like we're 17-year-old children and our, our fathers are telling us we can't have sugar after dinner. And we're like, <laughs> why, dad? And he's like, you'll understand when you grow up. And you're like, 17 fucking years old. Like, you need to give me a goddamn explanation. Oh, just the metabolism. There's a lot of research going on right now, talking about kids and and the way they break down. It's glycols and a lot of phosphates. And look, your mother's not home right now. Wait till your mother gets home, and you can ask her. <laughs> She's never coming home, is she, Dad? <laughs> I got a whole list of stuff I can be meeting to ask her for the last fifteen years, Dad. <laughs> oh, this, this has gotten very real. Yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> I. So I can think of at least like five games where I've just gotten codes sent to me because in good faith they were like, hey, you shouldn't have to pay for this upgrade. You know, what? like we, we just basically recompiled the game with like higher resolution assets, assets that we had already developed. And uh, yeah, you do deserve this. Here you go. Um, I know Bastion did that. I got that for free on Xbox, a few other games. If you um, owned the uh, original version of Fairy Solitaire, Fairy Solitaire Remastered <laughs> had a uh, a great uh, setup like that. E equal footing games, equal footing games, sure, Bastion yeah. and, and Fairy Solitaire. Yeah, about the same age too, I guess. That's uh, that's something. Yeah, actually, prob probably very similar <laughs> in uh, in age. Yeah. So I, I've had a lot of those, or, or a lot of the like, even a hey, if you want, if you're a person who bought this game and can show us some kind of proof of purchase, send us an email. I think uh, yeah. 
Rock Band used to do in. that. What was that? Said send your box tops in. Um, oh yeah, send did, your box tops in. Did, Rock did Band Rock had that for that? a lot of the um, their stuff where you you uh, if you bought the game and it didn't come with a little code to redeem the you know when they had that. Oh god, I'm, I'm forgetting thirty percent of the words I'm trying to say. When you bought <laughs> Rock Band two, the they had a pack of songs yeah. that you could get that had a lot of like the the smaller independent bands. Mm-hmm. And that was on a piece of paper inside the jewel case. And if you didn't have that piece of paper because you bought it secondhand, you could contact them. They'd just give you the code. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Good people. Yeah. And they probably had to deal with licensing bullshit, too, with all of those different uh, songwriters and song publishers. I would assume so. Yeah. But didn't affect their bottom line. Yeah. Yeah. Five of five. You gross. You gross. Any final thoughts on that topic? No, no. I think I think your gross actually sums it up really nicely. Okay, yeah, as eloquent as I can be. I I got a I got a question for you for our fireside chat here. Oh and shit! I was thinking about this today. Remember those? Remember those fireside chats yeah. we used to do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, just just now. Just now. <laughs> uh, and anyone else? Um, this is the this is the time of the episode where we discuss a very esoteric question in gaming. And, and the question I have for you today, Brent, is. Is there any game or series of games that's just never clicked for you? It's never made sense. It's never worked. Like, you just don't uh, get it. Oh, there was one earlier. Oh, oh no. You start talking. Do you have one? It's going to come I, to me. I know it is. I, di- I had one. I was thinking about this, and it was actually Bomberman. Oh, that's a good one. I just, I know people who fucking love Bomberman. <laughs> And who've, I, I remember them bringing Bomberman 64 over to parties and, and just trying to get people to play Bomberman, and I've never gotten it. I, I understand the mechanics of the game. It's not very <laughs> how complicated. Could you, yeah, how could you not? <laughs> but I'm just playing, I don't, I don't see it. I, I don't understand why you're so into this game. I don't know what you're getting out of this. And it almost makes me angry. Because you're clearly getting so much joy out of this game, and I can't find it. How, yeah, what what are like the core mechanics of that game? Because I think I've played it once, and I was like, I don't I don't like it. You've got uh, a grid, that, or not a grid. You've got like a bunch of a grid of hallways that you're walking down, and they've got stuff blocking them. And you can put down bombs that explode and destroy barriers and also hurt people. And so the idea is you're trying to break your way through this kind of like map, this arena, to kill everyone else with these bombs that you put down. But there are all these power-ups you pick up that make your explosions bigger or make it so as you run, you're just dropping bombs everywhere or, you know, what have you. And so you're kind of trying to play against the other person and trap them in an area where they can't run or back them into a corner where they everywhere they go, it's going to be a bomb or something like that. That's the the general premise of Bomberman. And uh, I, much like a lot of those games that have been around for a while, by the by now there's 500 different variations in party games that are included in it as well. <laughs> I, I was going to say, I think you just described like uh, one game in one of the bad Mario parties. And I, yeah, I think, I think that may have been <laughs> maybe an accurate description of one of those mini games. Um, but I've, I just, I've never gotten it. And I saw something today about like Super Bomberman online that got released or, or new information about it or something. I, I don't really know because I don't follow Bomberman, but it just reminded me I don't understand Bomberman. And also, I no one ever talks about it, but they still make the games. Yeah. They're still making them. Yeah, they, they still come out every once in a while, like those in like Worms games. Like, who who's buying these? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good, good for those people, though. Did, so, did you end up remembering the one that you were trying to think of? Not the exact example, but I did think of one genre that I just cannot handle. Like an entire genre. Oh, entire and, genre. Okay. Yeah. It's Is it's, it is it Hentai Match Three Games? Because if it is, we have to cancel the rest of this podcast. <laughs> it's pretty close, but it's not that. I would probably play that for a mix of reasons. Um those okay. seem like good uh good friend fun family friendly games. Oh, no, yeah. um visual novels. I can't Oh yeah. I can't sit and read that much i think what gets me a lot of times about like a lot of japanese games and this even started to bother me in like one of my favorite games of all time already persona 5 um it's there's a lot of jibber jabbering like a lot 
And I cannot imagine a version of that game where there wasn't all of the other stuff and it was just all jibber-jabbering. And I, I mean, it really just comes down to that. Like, I'm not even a person that, like, demands combat in a game or something. Like, game's not a game. There's no fighting. Like, I've heard people say that. And that's crazy. <laughs> You're a crazy person for thinking that. Um, but visual novels, to me, it's it's literally just just like what it says. It's 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 a lot of reading with some fucking coloring involved. Not not on your part, obviously. But yeah, I, I just I can't sit down and enjoy one. Any single one. I've I remember playing one for the DS that was called nine nine nine. Did you ever hear about that? You remember that one that came no. out? It was I think it was like a visual novel mixed with some escape the room mechanics. Okay. And the thing that really got me was like the the premise was almost, it was almost like a saw movie like you and nine other people had been captured and put on a on a abandoned like i don't know steamer ship that was rigged to explode and you guys had to make your way out of your individual cabins and then meet up and figure out how to disarm all the bombs on the ship okay but it was all through dialogue and like it, all through dialogue choice. and very basic like the kind of stuff that you would have done in one of those escape the room flash games on new grounds 15 years ago oh yeah um, type, type in like paint the door red or something yeah you find a couple of items and then you have to figure out how to use those items to get a, a box open or something like that what got to me the most was there was no indication of how long the reading section was <laughs> so like, i'd sit down to play and my entire play session was just reading through dialogue waiting to get to the next part of the game oh oh no and it, it, like the concept was really neat. I wanted to to see how the plot played out, but I just could not. I could not get past it, and I ended up giving up after maybe two thirds of it because I just it was just too many words, and I wanted to play a game. Yep. Yeah, that that actually reminds me, not entirely tangential, but um, you ever play the the Xeno Saga games? I don't think so. No. In, in the first five hours of that game, I think three and a half to four hours of it is entirely cutscenes. Oh, no. And sometime, and one of them was like an hour and a half straight. And so you sit down and you're like, yeah, I get to play a JRPG. I love turn-based <laughs> mechanics. And then you just are fucking drooling on yourself for an hour watching a, like some, some robot anime girls quibble with each other for seemingly unending periods of time i i got through that first five hours and then i was like can't do it anymore and that that's exactly like how i feel all the time when i play a, a visual novel and i would bet that that's one of those games where there's no indication of how long the cutscene is going to be or what the right button is to push to get um like to pause the cutscene rather than skip the whole thing yeah because yeah, I remember is. having that when I tried to play, I think it was Grandia 2 on Dreamcast, and trying to figure out, like, I really need to take a piss. How do I how do I pause this <laughs> intro cutscene? Is, yeah. is it start? Oh, no, I've skipped it. Oh, I've, it's, it's gone. I, I'm half an hour into it, and I've skipped it, and now I have to start the whole fucking thing over again. Why is the earth on fire now? What happened? I was just <laughs> taking a piss. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, it really is weird. Uh, like, it's funny how, like, walking simulators are almost the opposite genre of a visual novel. Like, they yeah. seem similar because a lot of people are like, oh, walking simulators are boring. It's like, but they're, they're not, like, the same kind of, like, mind-numbing boring. They're, like, slow and, like, you know, take your time and very ambient sort of experiences. Like, I, I love walking simulators, and it's because you get, like, immersed in this world and there's the exact opposite situation happens. There's an absence of dialogue. There's an absence of information. You have to like, you know, in like gone homes case, you have to like dig through drawers and stuff and find like really like nuanced ways to explore the house. And, and there's literally no talking other than like a couple of recordings and it's, it's a top tier experience. Here, here's our here's our million dollar idea, and uh, I'm copywriting this copyright game off podcast 2020. Um, we just take existing visual novels and we turn them into audiobook games. Oh, 
<laughs> so you just have them all voiced and then you put it over like a simple driving sim. So one of those like race the sun type games. Like, okay, at this point we're going through a lot of dialogue and a lot of chitter chatter. So you're yeah. going to be just racing the sun or playing like avalanche <laughs> on a TI 83 and listening to people talk for 20 minutes. <laughs> I, I would definitely appreciate something like that. And, and you don't have to click the button to go move, progress through the next page of dialogue. You just, just listen, just listen to two people talk, talk it out and we'll let you know when it's time to make a decision. <laughs> I will buy this game. Oh wait, we own the, we own the rights. I don't have to buy it. We're <laughs> I'm, st- I'm still going to charge you. Oh, just, well. you know, it's like, it's like how if you're, you know, playing piano at a bar, you kind of prime the tip jar. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay, good. I, I, you're going along with me on that. Fantastic. Okay, sure. Just take my wallet, Andy. I appreciate that. It's all I've wanted to hear. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, uh, well, I'm I'm sure someone will flame us for not enjoying uh, Colonel Sanders dating sin or whatever. But you know, there there we go. I mean, I I've played a couple. I liked. Uh, I mean, I guess the Phoenix Wright games and Aviary Attorney don't really count because those have a lot of non-visual novel aspects as well with yeah dialogue puzzles and pixel hunting and shit like that. Yeah. The, mo- the, the most recent game that I played that's pretty much a visual novel was Coffee Talk. Um, oh, yeah. I remember Coffee but, Talk. How was that? It's, it's whatever. <laughs> I... I, I <laughs> I had to stop playing it after like an hour because nothing was ever happening. And it seemed like it was entirely on rails. The only thing you did was select the different ingredients to make a drink. And I was just like, I, I'm just, I'm entirely along for the ride here. Like there's, there's nothing I'm contributing to this game right now. Did you ever play Valhalla? The cyberpunk uh, bartender the bartending one? game? No, I haven't, but I, I have it wish list on Steam. Yeah, I, I've heard that, that that's a uh, doing kind of what uh, Coffee Talk did, but more mechanically sound. Yeah, I, I would be interesting in something like Coffee Talk. It sounded appealing. It just didn't didn't do anything. Like it didn't execute on any promise that I probably made up in my head. All right, so don't expect to hear about Coffee Talk in any future episodes of, of Game Off. <laughs> not, not from me. You ready to tell us about Carrion? Carrion is, I would say, the best genre to describe it as is like Metroidvania Lite, which is essentially side-scrolling, you know, unlocking new parts of the zone that you may have already seen previously, getting some upgrades, etc., etc. It's a Metroidvania Lite where you play as a murder blob. Um, I don't really know how to describe it. I'm sure there's some horror movie comparisons that horror fans could probably uh draw but i'm a bit of a a a wuss and don't watch horror (laughs) movies so uh you know google it or something i'm too scared anyway carry on you play as this this biomass it's a blob of unknown origin um there's there's very little story to this game so i can't really tell you anything other than you're traveling through a lab unlocking upgrades to yourself by finding other biomass samples. There are a few sections where you aren't the blob and you're a human and you're seeing sort of um, flashbacks to like a situation that happened previously to the current era, which is exactly what a flashback is. Sorry, boys. (laughs) And (laughs) I wasn't going to say anything, but I I appreciate it. In case you didn't know what a flashback was, it wasn't self-evident. Um, yeah, so you're, you're basically just trolling around as this, this mutant red biomass with mouths coming out of everywhere, killing everything. Um, you're just rolling around, grabbing people with your tentacles, putting them in your mouth and eating them. Some of them have guns, so you have to sort of dodge the guns. Um, you don't really need to that much, only in a few situations, because <laughs> the game's not that hard. Um, but yeah, you basically just... Kill everyone, get bigger. When you kill someone, it heals you. Uh, when you find new biomasses, you can get bigger and stronger over time. Um, you get like three size upgrades, essentially, when you find certain biomasses. Um, one of the problems I did have with the game is that it didn't seem to be any rhyme or reason to when you get like uh, bigger. Because you'd get a lot of these like uh, biomass sample upgrades. 
And then it just randomly everyone's mad. Like, oh, and now I have twice as much health and I'm twice the size and have completely different skill set. It's like, okay. Without any, like, clear indication of, like, it's every 10 upgrades or anything like that? Yeah, exactly. And it, it would it'd just pop up the same thing it would say for any other upgrade and be like, oh, you now can do this. And then I look up and I'm like, wait, why do I have twice as much health? And it's like, wait, I'm twice as big now. Um, on the size topic, you do feel like you fill up the rooms the rooms and the, the caves and the, the whatever else biomes all pretty well. Um, Is that a good you, thing? Is that a good thing to feel? That, that's something that I've sort of had a conundrum with about it. it it's It feels like you just are just cr- like crawling through these environments so quickly that it's like why why is there even terrain? <laughs> like, you just feel like this blob in a tube and you're just like going thwunk, thwunk, thwunk like through all these areas. Um, the movement looks really good, but it doesn't like feel great, especially when you get bigger and then you have to fit your fat ass through this like tiny hole and you keep like going back and forth like rolling over the hole because you can't get directly into the hole know what i'm saying (laughs) yeah Um, i totally get that when i'm in is is it in space is that where the game takes place something like earth wherever this biomass is in a human civilization okay i for some reason i thought it was a space thing but no Okay. No, it's it's almost entirely in an underground bunker. It's like a military bunker and a scientific bunker. So those are most of the biomes you see. So it's like underwater level with machinery, you know, swampy caves with machinery, stuff like that. Okay. Is there is there a plot? Like is there character development for the blob? No. No, there's there's no character development whatsoever. Um and a lot of times you feel like there's no reason to do what you're doing. I think that was like my biggest problem with the game is you just sort of were a blob and you were rolling around killing things and you were just looking for the next thing to get. Like there was no reason to get to the end of the game and I won't spoil the ending, but there's no like true reason to do it or why you're going towards doing it. Um, it just is like, okay, I haven't been to this area yet, and oh, look, there's something for me here, and I haven't been to this area. So when you get to the points where it's like, well, I don't know where to go, and there's no story to direct me where to go, then you literally just roaming around aimlessly. I, I had heard some people saying that there were points that they got to where they just kind of felt like they didn't know what the hell they were supposed to be doing. Yeah, I, I hit several of those, and I had to re-explore most of the map when that happened ew yeah yeah very ew. ew there's no there's no map so triple ew. ew so you literally have to go roll around and try and find things and hope you're going the right way and hope you remember the exact passages my biggest gripe about the game is i kind of wanted to stop playing about halfway through and then i was like if i stop playing this game for more than three hours i'm never going to be able to find my way around this map ever again Oh, yeah. Especially without a map. Without a map. Without a map. You don't need guidelines. You just need, like, a map to stare at for a few minutes. Like, oh, yes, right. I was heading over here to this grayed out area or something. Like, you don't always need, like, big exclamation points on the map or arrows pointing you to which way to go. But map really goes a long way. Does Does it have, like, the... Are you unlocking things that help with traversal, with combat? Like, what kind um, of stuff are you unlocking? Because it, it seems like, it, the way you described it, it sounded like the combat isn't really very nuanced. No, it's it's not nuanced at all. Um, it And all the upgrades are combat-related. Um, so, yeah, they, they make you better at fighting, which you're already basically a god. Like, there's only, like, two situations where you might get killed, and even that, you can figure out pretty quickly why you're, you're getting fucked up. And just okay. do like all the side upgrades in the game. There's they're meaningless. There's no true bosses in this game. Um, there's a couple of challenging enemies, and when you finish figure out their shtick, you can deal with them easily without any upgrades. Like huh. health, health helps. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would it. imagine so. And if you randomly double in size and health, then that probably helps too. Yeah, exactly. And honestly, the, the size thing is more of a hindrance in almost every regard other than having more health. So 
that the there are a couple of cool things that they they did with these mechanics that I'm mostly shitting on. Um, when you get into like the second tier and the third tier of the health pool, obviously you become bigger, and with that you have a completely unique set of abilities. So the the problem there is is that you lose the abilities from the previous level. So a lot of the mechanics oh. in the game are going back, finding a place to dump off biomass, which you can only do in pink pools of water for some reason, and then going back to the puzzle and being like, now that I have the correct abilities for this puzzle, it's it, it was like kind of cool. Like I was like, oh, that's interesting. And then I got really annoyed with it really quickly. That sounds like having to equip things, but with extra steps yeah with having to go one or two zones backwards and then <laughs> going back it's oh, no. i would rather go into a fucking menu two clicks deep and have to like re-equip my my ice resistance shield or something because there's something that that sounds interesting in the idea of you're this giant thing and you keep absorbing people but that changes what abilities you have and you have to shed biomass if it was something you could actively do. Yes. If that was something that you could do anywhere and that was just like part of, you know, if the whole game was built around that balancing act of, all right, maybe when you're big, you're better in combat, but you can't do movement stuff. So you have to keep constantly eating shit and then shedding shit. Yes. Yeah. And that, that would be a cool risk reward system. But in reality, it was just like, okay, well now I need more health. Like I finished this puzzle. It's probably looped me back to where I started. So I'm just going to re-pick up my biomass and and off I go. So, huh. yeah. And, and if it was pretty inconsequential things that you would, like abilities that you would lose. Or I shouldn't say that. It's, there's, there was seemingly no reason why you would lose the abilities when you got bigger. Like one of them was like a, a web launch. It's like, I don't know why I can't do that when I'm bigger. Um, you can only do a charge attack when you're in like the middle tier so I don't know why that goes away when you're larger, because you would think you could do better charge attack. Stuff like that. It's like, the the, the thought was here, but the design wasn't. Mm. Well, that's disappointing. Yeah. There were a couple cool mechanics with the combat, though. Um, I, I liked how the fire attacks work, because you can get... There, there weren't many flamethrower bros in the game, but if you got set on fire, you basically had to find, like, a pool of water to, to douse yourself in unless you were, like, full health. Um, so that was kind of cool, and but it, it was sort of underutilized. Um, there's, there's shield boys in this game, and like in every other game with shield boys, they're annoying as fuck. They're, they were, like, horribly programmed, so they just, just, they were just a nuisance. Like, I don't know how else to put it. Man, I... And my, my favorite thing about the combat was there are some flying drones that you can grab with your tentacles, and then you the only way to kill them is to just beat the shit out of them against the wall. Oh, see, that sounds that, fun. That was fun. <laughs> I like doing that, but then they also had shields, so they were a pain in the ass to grab. But they probably would have been too easy without them, so I just think there's something better in the middle ground that they could have done. Man, this is this is disappointing. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I had high I hopes for this game. Yeah, I, I will say that I, I completed it. I got all the achievements, so like I didn't dread it entirely. Um, but it was definitely a letdown in most regards. Mm. I, the exploration was kind of fun. There's not a, a whole lot of reasons to go backwards. Like I said, all the side grades are pointless. So since it's a Metroidvania... Um, you know, usually you get a lot from going back and re-exploring and stuff. But right, right. There's, there's, a, would, there's a purpose to going back, and, and there's all, all sorts of hidden shit around the map that you now realize that you can get. Yeah. Yeah, and in this, it's like, well, I don't have a map, so I'm just going to roll around and hope I run into something. And, oh, look, I found something. And, oh, wow, that was not a great upgrade. Like, four, of the up, four out of the nine side grades side upgrades and side quest upgrades in the game were energy related like you get a more energy you can use for one of your you get an energy ability out of your three abilities for each tier and i didn't feel like i had more energy at all at any point like and i'm not saying that sarcastically like literally it didn't feel like when i was using abilities i was using them for longer 
And that's four, almost half of those special upgrades that you get. They were completely pointless. That's so weird. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of very weird design decisions, but very cool, very sharp looking game. Did have some fun with it. It's cool to How explore. was the soundtrack? Um, it's fine. Not, not, nothing very standout. Okay. Yeah, it was just, they took like the, the Marvel approach for us, just background music, not like cool in your face, like gotcha. sciencey dystopian music that could have been. Or like, no, like, really no, like interesting it. theme songs like Octodad. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, they sort of built it up like it was going to be something like that. Like, <laughs> he, uh, the carry on Myomass has been like basically the Devolver mascot for the last two uh, Devolver Digitals. Yeah, they, they really push that. I, that that's what's confusing me because what you're describing doesn't and I, I don't want to like denigrate the guys who made it but it doesn't sound like a game that you'd push at two consecutive things yeah two consecutive yeah. um what do you call it? Uh, press conferences uh, pre- yeah e- e- shows e's. thank you yeah whatever the fuck that thing is called <laughs> Yeah, I think the timing just didn't work out for him on it. Like, the game seems to have gotten pushed back almost an entire year or so, maybe. Something like that, where it's like, well, we can't stop shucking it just because it hasn't come out yet, because it's coming out in a couple months. Right. So, so Rock in a hard place, but yeah, it, it didn't deserve, like, the, you know, AAA treatment of getting teased once every year for nigh on how many years? Hmm. Well, that's really, is, is there anyone you could recommend the game to? Um, it's hard to say. If you like Metroidvanias, you're probably not going to like this all this that much because there's no depth to it in that sense. Um, if you like the concept of playing as a biomass that just kills remorselessly, then maybe. Because one of my notes was, I wish there was more murder because there, that was oh that was one of the worst things. Enemies didn't respawn in the game. Oh. And in a lot of games, I don't want enemies to respawn. But in this game, I was just rolling around a completely life-devoid zone, looking for collectibles that didn't matter and not getting into combat for 20 minutes at a time because I had already killed the enemies in that area. Yeah, like, this sounds like it should be a big power fantasy game. <laughs> yes, that that's exactly it. Like, if you want, like, a diet power fantasy this might be the game for you but they did not execute on a full-fledged like horror monster sort of just destroying this facility kind of like what, what's Five. that game the name of that shark game that came out earlier this year man eater man eater yeah yeah huh yeah so maybe man eater's the game for you yeah <laughs> i mean I, I if like, you want to play this game play man eater i li- i liked the big blob idea like that that seemed really cool to me <laughs> It looks so cool. I, I, I'm definitely railing on it a lot because I, but I had like, I was really looking forward to this game, and mm. it's, I'm very, I'm disappointed for sure. But I still enjoyed it. <sighs> okay. Do you have any final thoughts that you want to share with the class? No, I don't think so. I think I've said my piece. Sorry if I was harsh on you, Carry On. I died again. I, you were fun while you lasted, but you didn't last very long. Um, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about uh, Microsoft Flight Simulator. I'm going to, in my standard way, preface what I'm going to say with the defense of why I'm going to say it. I am not a racist. (laughs) I am not a racist, but Microsoft Flight Simulator. Now, um, I do not play Flight Simulator games. They're not something that I have ever played or enjoyed or partaken in in any way. Like, and let's say that I've, I've disliked them. I've just, it's never been something that I've gone for. I've played a lot of the arcadey ones, like space ones, or like pilot wings, which I don't think counts. <laughs> I don't think so. But I've, I've never been one to play a flight simulator game. I, I feel like that's important for people to know ahead of time. But I also think that part of the reason I wanted to talk about it was because I think it's important for games like this to be discussed by people that aren't necessarily the core audience mm-hmm. I, I think it's important to know whether or not this game could appeal to someone who isn't a flight of flight simulator aficionado in the same way that like it's important to know if madden games are just generally fun or only fun for people who really like football 
Sure. Like, th- there's a difference there. And I would say that they're not, but NFL Blitz is. <laughs> just just to throw that in there. NFL Blitz yeah. is better than all the Madden games combined. NBA Jam is the best sports game of all time. NBA Jam, FIFA Street, um, Backyard Baseball. Oh, yeah. These are all great sports games. <laughs> all the ones that completely abstract any of the sports. <laughs> <laughs> and so that, that's the context. That's where I'm coming from talking about Microsoft Flight Simulator. I may have played one version of it many years ago. I have no memory of it. And I only played it because it came free on Game Pass. I would not have paid money for this game. But (laughs) I was fascinated reading about the technology and the engine and and all of that in the game. Have you... I'm guessing you've read some about this or heard some about this. Yeah, I know they have somehow managed to integrate Bing Maps into like a 3d environment and it's just like rendered entirely 3d in the game. Yeah. So you can basically pick anywhere in the world to fly around in, mm-hmm. um, using a company whose name I didn't write down and it's black something dot AI. Pull Blackthorn. Cause I'm just thinking <laughs> about that game. No one played Blackthorn. I don't think anyone talks about Blackthorn anymore, but it's Blackthorn dot AI. Um, and they have a ton of data on, the world and they do these like I think they're the ones who did these flyover photography getting like 3D ish representations of the whole fucking planet. Mm. And so that combined with live weather data, so you're flying around in actual weather patterns that are that are, are analogous to what's going on in the real oh, world. Wow. Uh and time data, the traffic and the highways that you fly over is based on live traffic data. Uh, the thing that really sold me on on trying this out was uh, Lazy Game Reviews, who was very bit much into flight simulators, was talking about how he was outside having his morning coffee. He saw a plane fly over his head. He went inside, sat down at, at flight simulator, found that plane, because they have all planes mapped out from you know from publicly available flight data, and then just essentially took over that plane in the game and started flying it around. Whoa! That's right. Wild. And I'm like, oh, okay. In my mind, I, I was thinking, it's Driver San Francisco, but planes. <laughs> planes. <laughs> Which is 100% not what it is. But it, no. <laughs> this promise of fly anywhere, you're basically flying in the real world as it exists now, seemed really attractive to me. And so that's what got me to download it. And then to download it a second time because it's a 90 gig install that you have to do. <laughs> Okay, I'm because, with you so far. Because, as you can imagine, if if you're if you're gonna like, I'm gonna fly from Bradley to Heathrow. Bradley being a, an airport in Connecticut, and Heathrow being an airport not in Connecticut. Um, Heathrow's an airport, right? I've got that. Yeah, it's yeah. London. Yes, okay. And that's what's a very long flight. There's there's obviously a lot of data that needs to be streamed down and downloaded onto your machine to simulate that environment in between central Connecticut and somewhere in England. Yeah. So there's a shit ton of stuff to download. And whenever you start up in a new airport that you, I think there's something like 2,700 or 27,000 airports that you can take off from, including like little airfields that you've, that I've never heard of that. Oh, there's airfields two towns over. I had no idea. And these are little airfields (laughs) that you can take off from. It's nuts, the amount of detail that's gone into this game. Quick, quick aside, does, does the game limit you in any way from doing any of this? Like, is it gated behind no. anything? No, you can okay. start the game, and I, I think there are some planes that are not available unless you bought the Ultimate Edition, which okay. I didn't do because I got it free through Game Pass. Um, but other than that, you can start off anywhere. You can just install the game, click I want to just fly around in the world. I'm going to fly this aircraft and I'm going to I'm going to fly from airport A to airport B and go. Uh, oh, the only thing the the only other thing is certain airports have been rather than using the 3D model data, they've handcrafted them themselves to make them as accurate as possible. Oh, interesting. And I I don't know how many there are in the base game, but there are an additional like 20 that you get if you buy the ultimate edition. I think O'Hare is one that you don't get in the base game. It still is there, but it's just using the 3D mapped data rather than ones that were actually designed to be more accurate and more perfect. Ah, interesting. 
I didn't notice a difference. It, it all looked pretty cool. It doesn't look... Like, it looks great when you're flying high above. If you go and you land your plane on your street, you're going to look at your house and be like, that doesn't look like my house. Like, <laughs> it's where my house should be. It's about the right size, but that doesn't look like my house. <laughs> looks like my son drew it. Yeah, yeah. It's, well, like, the, after, the textures... After getting sun blindness. The textures they use for the houses aren't all accurate. They There's a lot of, like, placeholder or, or filler textures for, like, what the okay. side of your house would look like. Oh, okay. I see what you mean. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, because, you know, they're, they're not going to have all of that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so that that's kind of the general thing. And there are a bunch of... You can just generally fly around. There are challenges that you can do that challenge you to do, like, navigate from this place to this place in this very kind of rocky environment following the... You know what tools you have, and looking at the land to get to from one part of the Australian outback to another, or here is a very difficult airport to land at, and so here's an approach we're going to give you in a specific plane, and you have to navigate this landing. Uh, but mostly, it seems to be just this kind of open flight simulator, as the name would imply. Mm. <laughs> and I, uh, I don't get it. Uh, <laughs> I don't get, much like Bomberman, I don't get it. Like it's <laughs> is is that what spurned on the uh, the topic today? No, actually, the thing that spurned on the topic was Bomberman. Seeing that oh, come up in the news, really like, Bomber. man, Bomberman, really? I don't get it. <laughs> I don't, just don't get it. So a, a lot of a lot of my feelings today are I don't get it. <laughs> just aging out, Andy. It's <laughs> flight simulator. Flight sim seems very much like a technical achievement. And I'm very impressed with that aspect of yeah. it. And being able to f f take off and land at the tiny little Atlantic island my mother was born on. Like that barely gets a nod anywhere at all ever because it's smaller than my hometown, this little island. Like it's that is really cool. And that was really interesting to do. But once I took off and kind of flew around the island, I was like, I, I don't what am I doing? <laughs> that's that <laughs> this is like google earth with extra steps <laughs> yeah that, that was one of my questions um it when when you do like long flights can you like speed up the process is there like because you know you assume that like pilots are just like flipping a few buttons after they've done takeoff and then they're like pouring themselves old fashions for three hours. That's from what I've seen in movies set in the 1930s. Yeah. That's what I yeah. assume happens. Yeah, exactly. And so is, is there anything like that in the game? That's just like, okay, well I've, I've done the fun bit. Can, can I just AFK for a while? And you can turn on, run its you can turn on autopilot and you can okay. walk away. There's no speed up or anything. Not that I've seen, not that I found. Yeah, it. I, I know that there's a certain type of person this appeals to, the same people that, like, Euro Truck Simulator appeals to. Yeah. And I know a lot of people who talked about, with Euro Truck Simulator and with this, like, oh, it's so peaceful to just, like, put on a podcast and just fly over Texas for a while. And, like, oh, maybe, but also no. <laughs> it, it, yeah. just, it just didn't click with me. I tried it on the super realistic difficulty where you have to do all sorts of weird shit to get your plane to take off. And it's cool that you've got this like takeoff checklist and all these different things. Like that's all really neat. That's all really interesting. And then I tried it with the, just an Xbox controller and like on the, the easiest assist mode where, you know, hold down a, to throttle up, push down, you know, pull back on the stick, press in the stick to raise the landing gear. Don't crash. <laughs> And that was interesting as well. It made it easier for me to, you know, get really low and kind of buzz over certain areas that I wanted to see. Like, oh, it's uh, when I went to college. This is the area that I was in. Hmm. Well, this is what Boston looks like if you fly 20 feet off the ground. <laughs> terrifying it's, all those below. It, it's terrifying. Everyone there. Um, <laughs> but no, it, I, I just don't, I don't, it at no point felt to me like a fun game that I was playing. It felt like a really interesting tool uh, like a data visualization tool that someone hmm. thought would be fun to put a plane into like yeah, you had maybe this even whole a good training tool yeah maybe 
But it's like you had this whole amazing simulation of the world and flight data and weather data and traffic data. And someone said, like, you know, really cool is if you could fly around in this in a plane. <laughs> like you, you did it backwards, which maybe that's the case. I don't know. But a I mean, flight simulator has been a, a, a series that's been around for, I think, since 84, 83 was when the first one came out for DOS. Wow. So it's it's been around for a while. Yeah, I don't know. It's 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 very good, but I don't like it at all. <laughs> so yeah, that's sort of the crux of my questions as well. Is as as like a goal oriented gamer, I guess. Like, do, would this appeal to me in any no, sense? Not in the slightest. Not in the slightest. Okay. I I don't think this is going to be one of those games. I think where you know if you're going to like this game. And if there's any question <laughs> yeah. if you're going to like this game, you're not going to like this game. And you okay. should think about a different game. Think about buying Everspace or <laughs> emulating Pilot Wings again. I, I don't know. <laughs> Reinstalling Just Cause 4 and flying those planes around. Like it's just yeah. There's so much downtime and it's so much just like enjoying the experience. Which I'm just too jaded and broken to do. It's not about the destination, Nandy. It's about the journey. Yeah. And the journey is slowly puttering through the sky. And, and the real treasure is the texture pop-in we saw along the way. <laughs> oh. There are yeah. some performance issues because of the amount of stuff that it's downloading and, and simulating. And I, and I get yeah. that. And maybe my computer is just trash now i don't know i don't know if my computer's just not man enough for this game uh but i don't think so you you upgraded yours more recently than mine yeah i i, I thought it was going to be good enough i thought i was you know powerful enough and strong enough but no <laughs> I, don't, I don't think so i uninstalled it i'm not gonna play it again i don't really <laughs> well. feel, feel like i was playing it at any point you know what i mean like I, it never felt like i was playing a game so do, are you someone who also dislikes like the like space sims, like the Elite Dangerous? I don't know if you can call them. Oh sims, my god, Elite Dangerous simmies. <laughs> Elite Dangerous. There were a lot of things about Elite Dangerous I really liked. There were aspects of it where I felt like they adhered too much to what would be realistic or possible yeah. in space. Where I was thinking, like, but it's supposed to be a fun game, though. <laughs> Like, I get that you can't just hyperspace from one spot to another and you have to speed up and then slow down and not overlay. But this this mechanic of, of fast traveling is not fun. Yeah. And, I, and it makes me not want to play this game anymore. <laughs> Do you get it's that? Like, uh, oh, yeah. It's like, uh, it's like the old, like, uh, space momentum argument with Star Wars. It's like... Yeah, but I want to see cool space shoes. <laughs> like, I, I want to see guns and, and, and fast... fast, fast Space cars. Yep. Yeah. And is the space momentum fun? Because if it's not yeah. fun, then why are we doing it? <laughs> yeah. And like, I can't imagine Rogue Squadron Two would have been any fun if there was momentum issues. With these planes. It's not what I'm here for. I'm not here for a realistic flight space flight sim. <laughs> for that, yeah. I'll go play Kerbal Space Game, whatever that was called. Kerbal Space Program? Kerbal, that's Kerbal Space Game. I think two out of three words ain't bad. But yeah, I guess so. You could have guessed most of them, but sure. Um, yeah, I guess none of this is surprising. Hmm. Um, do you know a single human you would recommend this to personally? Like, obviously only to flight sim connoisseurs, but to, to any any humans that you can think of that would enjoy it. I think there's probably some dads out there. Not my dad, but I think, I think this is the kind of game that, like, dads would play. Like, maybe if maybe if I bought a flight stick and bought a couple of those big, ultra-wide curved monitors mm. and, and, you know, got myself some lapel pins. <laughs> Admiral status. Yeah, can I, yeah, my wife started calling me Admiral and and sit down and start, get, get one of those uh, Mr. Microphones toys that, you know, yes. makes a little plastic microphones with a spring in them so it reverberates I, as your admiral speaking <laughs> like maybe, oh, maybe if i really role played it or or a dad that was willing to really role play it but 
so, so, so what I'm hearing is you didn't lean into it enough. That's it, it's, that's on you. Probably that's it. on you. You know, uh, a friend of mine said if there was like a a mode where I had to do like drug running for a cartel or like, but <laughs> as you said, some kind of objective that felt like an objective in a game. Like there were some stakes involved. <laughs> right, there were some stakes I could potentially lose. Like the game, for obvious <laughs> reasons, doesn't let you crash and burn in a fire explosion. That's good to know. Yeah, that, that's just, they're not going to the 3D model New York and then give you a 747 and a th- fire explosion crash. <laughs> no! Oh, we went there. Okay. Yeah, I just, like, I'm sure. from my understanding, I believe that was actually when they took it out of the game, was back in <laughs> the early 2000s because of 9-11. Yeah. So, like, the the very first person that booted up that game afterwards, you knew exactly what he was going to do. <laughs> so they they made that call, and I think it's I think it's a fair call to make, and it's not a bad idea to yeah. not allow people to simulate that and then upload it to YouTube and saying, "Hey, look what might well look what Flight Simulator lets you do." <laughs> That's a good call for a moral and business reason. <laughs> Just got it. Gotta add the, the donking sound in, like when you crash cars in Gran Turismo, you just thunk off a building and just are suddenly facing a different direction. That's essentially what happens. You just, like, kind of hit things and then fall. And then you're just, like, laying upside down on the ground and you have to restart, which takes too long. <laughs> I'm sure. I, I would like something like, do you remember Streets of SimCity? Is that a title uh, that, that rings any bells for you? No, literally none. So Streets of SimCity was this... Um, car combat game that Maxis put out shortly after, I want to say SimCity 2000, that you could drive around and do missions like taxi missions and some Twisted Metal style combat, and it was cool. But one of the things it did that was really awesome was you could drive around the cities you made in SimCity. Oh, cool. That's what I would want out of something like this. I'd want some kind of arcadey flight game <laughs> that allowed me to do that in real places. So maybe I thought you meant you wanted to rebuild the world in your perfect image. <laughs> yes, I want to rebuild the world in my perfect image. Finally, everything will be beautiful like me. <laughs> okay, your mental image. Yeah, my mental image, and, and my, my my physical image. You know, I'm I I am a I'm an Adonis. I am a specimen. <laughs> right? Yeah, I, you don't have to answer. I know. I know you're. I, it's fine. It's fine. It's, it's just look in my eyes, and you'll know the truth. Yeah, uh, I guess my last question was really just about just trying to keep together, just about the controls in the game. Um, uh, obviously, you didn't have like a full flight deck. Or no, whatever. I don't have any of that. I had a um, keyboard and a, a pro controller. Did did the controls at least feel nice? Did you feel like there was a lot of like good feedback when you were flying a plane, maybe through a storm or something? Yeah, the controls felt fine. I'm sure if I had like a really cool force feedback joystick and flight stick and everything like that, it would have felt even more immersive. But even just playing on uh, 360, that or the, the my uh, Xbox controller, that felt fine. Like it, it felt responsive. It, it was good. It wasn't anything amazing. I, I, not anything that I would go out and spend. It's nothing that would inspire me to go out and spend hundreds of dollars to make it yeah. feel even more. But it, it was fine. It's fine. Any final thoughts on Microsoft Flight Simulator? No, nothing. I, th- I think I got everything out that I that I wanted to. If if you know if if you're the kind of person that would like this game, you've probably already bought it. Yeah. So you don't even really need to hear me talking about it. It is cool that they have like connoisseur tiers. Like it 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 doesn't sound like they're trying to scam anyone. It's just like oh, if you're really really into planes, like. Here, you can also buy these. Yes, that definitely, most, that definitely feels... It doesn't feel like there's any cut content. It's just like, how into this do you want to get? Okay. That's not so bad. No. And, uh, is there any monetization otherwise? Uh, not that I saw. I mean, I'm sure you could do some in the future with like different liveries, but nothing that I saw. Mm. <laughs> Sick paint jobs on your plane. <laughs> get some Go Faster Stripes. <laughs> I mean, like they could probably tap into the... the uh, Forza livery system because that's like the same they've been using the same system across all their games so why not flight simulator why not yeah that's all i I got on those topics shall we rank these bad boys 
Okay, I'm going to put this one at probably number nine, knocking Elderborn down a peg and Animal Crossing down to number 11. Uh, it's nine out of 11. Nine out of 11. I'm going to rank this number eight above Doom Eternal. <laughs> Don't let me talk into things. No, no, no. You you make a very salient point. So I'm, <laughs> I'm this number eight of 11. What? Well, I, I don't want to keep pressuring you, but I do have questions. Yeah. Did you really not enjoy Doom? Because like, it doesn't seem like you enjoyed this at all, but... You know, you, I, I, I thought don't, you liked Doom. I don't enjoy this... I don't. I didn't enjoy playing this, but I love that it exists and I'm fascinated by it. <laughs> okay, like, that's fair. I, I kept, for a couple of days, I kept getting drawn back into it just because I wanted to play around with the tech more. So uh, that alone, mm. like, I'm glad that it exists. Doom Eternal, I'd be fine if it didn't exist. <laughs> oh, well, strong sentiment there. <laughs> The, the I wish you were never born argument. Yeah, I respect its right to exist. Microsoft Flight Simulator. <laughs> Doom Eternal. Yeah, yeah, whatever. You know, it's fine. Uh, yeah. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> I'm also noticing that our first episode of the season was Bleeding Edge and Elderborn. Like, <laughs> that's the lamest <laughs> premiere episode I've ever seen. <laughs> what were we doing? Is that, is that not is that not an exciting, uh, not an exciting matchup? <laughs> there, Two games that no one is talking about anymore, <laughs> and barely anyone was talking about when we talked about them. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Oh, God. Bleeding Edge, yeah. That last I heard, like, a month after it came out, I only had, like, five concurrent <laughs> players or something crazy. Or 50. Anyway. Uh, yeah, let's rank. Or I'll rank. I'll rank Carry On at number... Number five, right, right below Deliver Us the Moon. So I got Desperados 3 at 1, Gears Tactics at 2, Dragon Ball Z at Kakarot, Dragon Ball Z Kakarot at 3, <laughs> Dragon Ball Z at Kakarot, at Kakarot.com, uh, Deliver Us the Moon, and then finally Carry On. And then some other games yeah. you'll have to go back and listen to. Or find a way to hack into our Google Sheets. Yes. Oh, actually, don't Impenetrable. do that. Don't do that. Let's, I don't want to even invite it. We'll never notice. That'd be the problem. It's like, did, did, did I think that Bleeding Edge was the best game of the year? Well, I, I liked Animal Crossing a lot more than I remember. All right. <laughs> no reason to go back and listen to it. Jeez. Yeah. Andy's number 11 game. Nice. Final thoughts uh, for the week of... Whatever. For the week of whatever week this is, you know, who knows anymore? Before we go, I, I do want to um, actually give a word from our sponsor here. So imagine with me, you're waiting for a bus. Well, actually, that's not really a thing anymore, but you're waiting in line. You're waiting in a line uh, and you're staying a minimum of six feet away from people, obviously, because you're not insane. You're at, you're at a drugstore, monthly trip to the drugstore. It's fine. That's what it's a fine thing to do. No one's going to judge you for going to the drugstore. There are four people in line in front of you. Some older person is arguing with the cashier, and now the cashier is calling someone else up front to ring, and you're realizing, like, oh, this is going to take forever. People behind you are getting really upset, and you can hear them grumbling even though they're six feet away, but you are not worried because you have Slotsy to keep you entertained while you're in line. Arrange your dice to make various hands and rack up points. Earn points and power-ups to climb to the top of the leaderboards. With quick rounds and three styles of play, you know you'll have no problem killing time until you get to that register. Don't complain about long lines because no one wants to hear it. Everyone has to deal with long lines and no one likes that kind of complaining. Download Slotsy in the Google Play Store instead. We here at Game Off Podcast are so certain that you'll fall in love with Slotsy that we've got a special deal for listeners. What's that, what's that deal? Download Slotsy now, absolutely free from the Google Play Store. Whoa! That's like infinite savings. Isn't it? <laughs> how, how can they afford to make money off of this game? They can't. And they're not. Oh. <laughs> uh oh. Wow. How much are they paying us? Oh, God. It's, you know, it's, it's, there's a little thing called life experience that. <laughs> They keep telling me about, and uh, I haven't pushed them on because they get really snippy when I do. <laughs> uh, are these the same people that are bitching in line 
at the CVS? The one and the same, yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. That makes sense. All right, well, uh, download Slotsy. Yeah. I have. It's fun. I'm not on the leaderboards, but I should be. You should be. Get in there. Score more points. There's a surprising amount of hackers already playing this game. <laughs> That's that's what we they're trying very hard to, to to clean up those leaderboards and stop all the hacking, but it's just <laughs> it's so easy, right. and there's so much it's prestige just, involved. It's, it's it's just a Google Google sheet. <laughs> <laughs> they have to manually upload updates. They get you just there's a phone number that comes up when you score, and you have to dial it. Hi. <laughs> I'm username Solitalker, and I just scored 16,826 points. Yeah, I'll wait. I have no proof of this. I want this to be reality. <laughs> all, all technological advancements have been meaningless. Let's go back to that. It's like the, um, did you ever see the way that Activision used to have their high score clubs for the Atari? No. You used to be able to get little patches and badges and stuff like that for scoring certain scores in the games like River Run or, or Pitfall or something. And the way that you'd get them is by having, essentially having your mom take a picture of you in front of the high score on your TV <laughs> and mailing it off to them and they'd send you a patch back. Ah, uh, before Photoshop. Isn't that just adorable? What an innocent time. It truly is. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of Game Off Podcast, everybody. Uh, come check us out on all of our socials. It's at Game Off Podcast on Twitter. <laughs> and Facebook and the website, which is not impressive, but it's there. <laughs> Has links to all the episodes and a font that I found on Google. Ooh, I've heard of that. All right. You're the only one. <laughs> all right. S- sign us out of here. <laughs> well- so uh, that's a, a big thanks to our producer, Dabney, for all the work that she does for us. Uh, I'm Solitalker, uh, a.k.a. Andrew, or the other way around. Uh, check me out where I do things. And this is... I'm Brent, a.k.a. Arcadia, A-R-K-E-Y-D-I-A. I guess I'm most active on game consoles, and you can follow people on those, so do that. Um, sometimes I'm on Twitter. That's about it. Huh. Don't find me on Facebook. You won't like what you see. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everyone. See you next Bye. time. Bye. Bye.